0: Good to be with you this morning. Thankful for a good crowd uh, that is here. Hopefully something we talk about today will benefit you in your life. Sure is good to see Phil back with us this morning. A lot of prayers have been answered. and uh, That's great to see him here today. I want you to think about something with me for just a moment. I want you to think about which one you had rather have. Quality or quantity. Which one is most important to you? And, and sometimes at different periods in our lives, maybe that answer would be different. Uh, when I was younger in my life, in work, all I worried about was getting more done, more done, more done, and the older I get, the more I understand that necessarily isn't the most important thing. You see, quality, it should mean something to us. In this country, many years ago, things were built with quality. And now it seems like things are more focused in the other direction. And we want to churn out as many of the product as we possibly can. And now things that we buy, they don't last as long, do they? They're not built as good. When you think about maybe a a house or a building, it's not been long ago I was in an area and I saw a building that was being built and I thought, man, they're coming up with that building fast. And they had all the trusses on and, and I thought, wow. The next day, I drove by, and it's all laying on the ground. A wind blew that night and blew it down, and I thought, well, they should have took their time a little bit more, and they should have maybe did a little bit better job of bracing things, and, and maybe it would have been different. Maybe you hire somebody to come into your house, and maybe you want to you want to lay hardwood floor through your whole house, and, and maybe they come in, and, and at the end of the day, they say, we're finished. You're finished? And you go through and there's cracks all in the, uh, the joints and it doesn't come all the way up to the walls. And which one would you rather have? Finished in a day or look good? I know which one you'd rather have. We understand that. When it comes to things in our life, we want quality. But let's talk about our life. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and you can have it more abundantly. When he says that, what, what are we talking about? What are we thinking about? Are we thinking about maybe a long life? Sometimes that's what our goal is, isn't it? Sometimes we want to live as long as possible, and we focus on that. We, we train our bodies. We eat right, or at least some of us do. We go to the, the doctors. We take our medicines. We try to do everything we can do to live a long life. But I don't think that's what Jesus had in mind. I I don't think that's what he was thinking about at all. In fact, I believe Jesus is teaching us, I have come to give you life and that you can have a quality life. And what Jesus expects of us as Christians is to live a quality life before him. Now I'm going to do something a little different than that I normally don't do when I speak. We're going to talk about Hezekiah today. And hopefully we're going to learn some lessons about quality over quantity. And I want you to take your Bibles, if you would, to 2 Kings chapter 18. And I want you to mark it. And I want you to take your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 29. And I also want you to mark it. Because we're going to wind up reading several passages of Scripture today. King Hezekiah is a remarkable man. And in my opinion, it is a remarkable account that the Bible has given us about this man and I think there's many many lessons that we can gain I could stand up here and I can tell you the story but he's not as a familiar of a bible character as maybe some so I want us to go straight to the source I want us to see what the bible has to say about this man and hopefully again to learn some valuable lessons when it comes to Hezekiah he lived a quality life when you go and you begin to read about the, the kingdom of Israel and you begin to read and, and there was three kings and then the kingdom divided and, and you got to southern kingdom and the northern kingdom, the northern kingdom was always an evil, wicked kingdom. They never had a good king. However, the southern kingdom had a few good kings. And they had some prosperous times. And in fact, the Bible teaches us that Hezekiah was one of those good kings. He was a man that tried to do what was right. Not a perfect man by no means. No one is save Jesus Christ, but yet he was a good man. And when we read and we begin to understand a little bit about Hezekiah, I want to read what the Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 18. It says, Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea son of Elah king of Israel that Hezekiah the son of Ahaz king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. And I want you to think about that statement just for a second. And I want you to think back to these other kings. Some of these kings, the Bible said, they did what was right, but Hezekiah went above and beyond. The Bible says Hezekiah did what was right like David did what was right. And in the eyes of God, was there a greater king than David? According to Acts chapter 13 verse 22, David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man that God held in in high esteem. And the Bible talks about him from from the time that he lived all the way through the rest of the Bible, even the New Testament. And here we find out that Hezekiah is a man that was like David. He was a man that followed God with all of his heart. Flip over to 2 Chronicles chapter 31, and I want us to see again what the Bible has to say about this man. 2 Chronicles 31, verse 20 and 21, describing Hezekiah's reign. Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work, I want you to notice that, every work that he began to do in the service of the house of God, in the law, in the commandment, he did to seek his God. And he did it with all of his heart. And therefore the Bible says he prospered. Now, I want us to think about that in relation to our life. When God looks back upon our life and it's written down, would he be able to say the same thing? That we strove with all of our heart to please God. Would he say we lived a quality life? Certainly Hezekiah did. Not only did he do what was right, he did what was right. Look at that second point. In spite of the fact that he was raised by an evil man evil, evil man. I want you to think about even people today. When people are raised in a very, very wicked environment by very, very wicked parents, most of the time what happens? They follow suit, don't they? They follow suit. And today people, they throw that out as an excuse. You don't understand the things that I've been through, the things that I've seen, the things I had to experience. And and it's just the way I was raised. And, you know, Hezekiah could have, he could have went to that, couldn't he? He could have called back and he could have lived an evil life. And he would say, well, that's what my daddy did. And that's all I've ever known. But I want us to look at what the Bible says, the kind of life that he lived. Second Chronicles chapter 28. You can listen if you want to. He says, Ahaz, this is Hezekiah's father. He says, was 20 years old when he became king. And he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. And he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord as his father David had done. The exact opposite of Hezekiah. For he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. He made molded images for the Baals. He burned incense in the valley of the son of Hinnom. He burned his children, Hezekiah's siblings. He offered his children by fire in idolatrous practices. You know, Syria came in and defeated him in battle. He reached out to the Assyrians. He's longing for help. And, and you would think that this man, when he got to the lowest of lows, that he would have straightened his act up. And maybe he would have called upon God. But go on down in Second Chronicles 28 to verse 22. And you'll see truly how wicked this man was. And how wicked of an environment Hezekiah was born into. Verse 22, now in the time of his distress, King Ahaz became increasingly unfaithful to his Lord. This is that King Ahaz, for he sacrificed to the gods of Damascus, which had defeated him, saying, because the gods of the king of Syria helped them, I will sacrifice to them that they may help me. But they were the ruin of him and all of Israel. So Ahaz gathered the articles of the house of God. He cut it in pieces, the articles of the house of God, shut up the doors of the house of the Lord and made for himself altars in every corner of Jerusalem. And in every single city of Judah, he made high places to burn incense to other gods and he provoked to anger the Lord God of his fathers. Brethren, can there be a more wicked person? This man was exceedingly wicked. In fact, if you go on to read, and we won't do that, he was not even buried with the other kings. Even the people knew how wicked he was. They didn't want to lay him to rest with the other kings. He was that bad, and yet Hezekiah was born into that situation, and yet he rose above it. Hezekiah is an exception to the rule. An exception to the rule. A good and godly man who lived a quality life regardless of his past rather than we can learn from that not only that number three he trusted god like no other king go back to second kings chapter 18 again in verse 5 the bible says he trusted in the lord god of israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of judah no nor who were before him that's high praise from god in fact, the same thing's going to be said of Josiah here a couple kings later. He trusted in the Lord. He didn't lean on his own understanding. Isn't that what the wise man says in the book of Proverbs? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge Him. He'll direct thy paths. Hezekiah understood that. He lived like that. Again, product of a quality, quality life. He removed the high places. You know, as you read through and you do read about a few good kings of Judah, you'll read they did good things, they tried to do good things, but a lot of times you're going to read, but they didn't remove the high places. They didn't go all the way. They went part of the way, but Hezekiah was a different type of man. Hezekiah went all the way. Go back to 2 Kings 18, verse 4. He removed the high places and he broke the sacred pillars. He cut down the wooden image. He broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it. You see, the children of Israel, they had, they had gone downhill. They had stopped serving the Lord, their God. And they had began to be like these other nations. And they were deep in idolatry. And Hezekiah says, we're going to get out of that. This is something we've got to work on as a people And he says, in order to do that, I've got to get rid of it. As Christians, in order that we can live a quality life, we've got to get rid of the things that hold us back. Those high places were things that held the children of Israel back. The Jewish people, as long as those high places were there, and these other kings didn't remove them, the people would gravitate back toward those sinful practices. And Hezekiah says, I've got to get rid of it. I can't allow it to be in my life. The Bible even says that he took the brazen serpent. You remember back in the book of Numbers when the children of Israel murmured and, and God sent serpents among the people and they bit them and, and they were dying. They were dying by the groves and, and God told Moses, you make a brazen serpent. You put it on a pole and if anybody looks at it, he'll be healed and he'll live. Moses did that. But yet the children of Israel saved that brazen serpent. And apparently, according to this, they had been offering sacrifices to this idol for many, many years. Isn't that sad? God gave the people something to heal them, and they turned it into an idol. And Hezekiah says, I've got to get rid of that. Brethren, in our lives, if we're going to have a quality life, we've got to figure out what it is. We've got to figure out what in our life is there to hold us back. We've got to figure out what in our life is keeping us from doing the things that God would have us do. And we've got to be like Hezekiah. We've got to remove them. We can't allow those things to be there. When the people that practice strange magic in the book of Acts, when they were converted and they became Christians, the Bible says they burned their books. They got rid of the things. They didn't just put them on a shelf somewhere and keep them in case they wanted to go back. They burned their books. I've been told if, if someone loses a lot of weight, uh, the best thing they can do is get rid of all their old clothes. Why? Because they're putting that behind them. They're living a new life now. They're getting rid of their past, and they're focusing on their present. Hezekiah was doing the same thing. We've got to get rid of these things. This held us back long enough to live a quality of life. But not only that, the Bible says he cleansed the temple. Flip over, if you would, to Second Chronicles with me, Chapter 29. 2 Chronicles 29, if you will remember, his father was a a king that, that cut down the doors of the temple and he stripped all of these things out. He filled the temple with trash. He was focused on idolatry and he had absolutely no care at all for the Lord God of heaven. Hezekiah is going to fix that problem. He says, I've got to get rid of these things that caused us to sin, but also I've got to bring back in things that are going to help me to live a more godly life. So in fact, if we're going to live a quality life, we've got to get rid of the bad things, but we've got to also bring back the good things. We've got to focus on the things that are going to help us to be the people God would have us to be. Notice in 2 Chronicles chapter 29, in the first year of his reign, Hezekiah had just became king. He didn't waste any time uh, getting busy doing the things that God would have him to do. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, at the very beginning, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and he repaired them. Then he brought the priest and the Levites, and he gathered them in the east square, and he said to them, Hear me, Levites, now sanctify yourselves. Sanctify the house of the Lord God your fathers. Carry out the rubbish from the holy place, for our fathers have trespassed and done evil in the sight of in the eyes of the Lord our God. They have forsaken Him. They have turned their faces away from the dwelling place of the Lord. And they turned their backs upon Him. They have shut the doors. They have ceased to worship. They have turned aside to other gods in essence. And Hezekiah says, we're not going to do that anymore. The Bible says, keep on down in verse 15, they gathered together their brethren. They sanctified themselves. And they went according to the commandment of the king at the words of the Lord, to cleanse the house of the Lord. And the Bible says it took him 16 days to cleanse the house of the Lord. But Hezekiah's not going to stop. Going down to verse 20, Hezekiah's going to restore the worship in the, in the temple. In fact, he offers, verse 24, he has the priest to offer sacrifices to make atonement for all of Israel. They had been led astray for many, many years. And Hezekiah, he's got a mind to stop all of this. Go down to the last verse in verse 29. So the service of the house of the Lord was set in order. Then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced that God had prepared the people since the events took place so suddenly. Hezekiah was a man on a mission. He says, I'm going to do what is right. In fact, in the next chapter, he's going to restore the Passover. The children of Israel, they had stopped even... Remembering the Passover. Even celebrating what God had set in order so many years ago. And Hezekiah succeeds in getting all of those things back together. Verse chapter 31, the Bible says that Hezekiah, he has appointed a man to take care and and take up offerings from all of the people. In fact, in verse 3, it says the king even himself appointed a portion of his possessions. For the burnt offerings. For the morning and evening burnt offerings. The Bible says, verse 5, as soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance. Hezekiah has got these people on track and now they're doing what God would have them to do. He has lived a quality life. And if the story ended there, it would be a magnificent story. A magnificent life. But the story doesn't end there. The Bible tells us that Hezekiah became a sick man. He became a sick man. In fact, we're going to find out that Hezekiah died at 54 years of age. But when he's 39 years old, Hezekiah becomes a very sick man. Go back to 2 Kings chapter 20. Things change in his life. The Bible says in those days Hezekiah was sick and he was near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus saith the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die, and you shall not live. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. This guy has been a good, godly man. And he has done so much good for the house of Israel. And everything we know about his life is exceptional quality. And now he finds out as a very young man, you want to die. going to die if you found that out what would you do you do exactly what he did second point i've got on the screen he wept and he prayed the bible says then he turned his face toward the wall and he prayed to the lord and he said remember now O lord i pray how i have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight and hezekiah wept bitterly And it happened before Isaiah had gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him. And it said, return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Thus saith the Lord God, the God of David your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord and I will add to your days 15 years. That is absolutely amazing. Hezekiah's been a man, and he cries out to God, and God says, I'm going to give you 15 more years. I want you to think about that for a moment. I want you to think about that. You think you're going to die. You pray to God, and I know this doesn't happen today, but you just imagine that it did. You just imagine a prophet of God walks up to you and says, you're going to live 15 more years, and then you're going to die. What would you do with that? What would you do? If you knew right now you were going to live 15 years, would you dedicate that to the Lord? Would you focus more on the quality of life or maybe might it change you? And you think, i got 15 years. i got 15 years. I can do whatever I want with. I can live however I want and I know when my time is going to come to an end. Sad to say, probably a lot of us would be the latter to the former, right? If we knew how much time we had left, maybe the decisions we make wouldn't be the best decisions. And maybe that's why it's such a blessing that we don't know how much time we've got left. Because you see, when Hezekiah found out this, he changed. He changed. Up until this point, he has been a man, uh, the best man that you could possibly be. But now he's changed. God says, I'm going to give you 15 more years. I'm going to allow you to defeat the Assyrians. And God does that when He sends an angel of the Lord through the camp and He kills the Assyrians. The king goes back home and and the king is murdered by his own family. God goes through with His promise. But King Hezekiah changes. The Bible says He returns evil for good. I want you to look at what the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 32. In verse 25. Look at verse 24. It says, In those days Hezekiah was sick and near death. And he prayed to the Lord and he spoke to him, and the Lord gave him a sign, and in that sign the shadow went back ten degrees on his sundial. And and maybe you remember that. Verse 25, I want you to notice a sad verse. But Hezekiah did not repay according to the favor shown him. God was gracious, God was merciful. God heard his cries for help and God helped him. And he gave him what he desired, but he didn't repay according to the favor. In fact, the Bible says, for his heart was lifted up. Therefore, wrath was looming over him and over Judah and over Jerusalem. Hezekiah was shown a great blessing, but I want you to notice what happened. We won't take the time to read it. Hezekiah... Brought the Babylonians in. And because of the pride of his heart, and because his heart was not right, no longer at least before God, he brought the Babylonians in and he showed them everything that he owned. In fact, he's going to show off all of these things. And he felt that he has built such a great empire for himself and he's so wealthy and he has so much, he shows them everything. And God says, Hezekiah, Because of that foolishness, those Babylonians are going to take every one of those things because of what you've done. Not only that, he had a son three years into this extension on his life. And I want to see again what the Bible has to say about that. What if Hezekiah had just focused on having that quality of life and it stopped his focus on the quantity? Maybe this wouldn't have happened. Second Kings 21, Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hezboziah, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abominations of the nations which the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. He rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah his father had destroyed. He raised up altars for Baal, and he made a wooden image as Ahab king of Israel had done. He worshipped all the host of heaven and he served them. He also built altars in the house of the Lord of which the Lord had said in Jerusalem, I will put my name. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. Hezekiah had took God, had given him a great and quality life and he had turned his focus more into quantity and he had ceased to focus on quality. And look at all of these things that happened. In fact, the Bible says that's the beginning of the end. He says, verse 16 in chapter 20, Moreover, Manasseh shed very much innocent blood till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to another besides his sin by which he made Judah sin in doing evil in the sight of the Lord. God says, that's it. That's it. And all of this was done because Hezekiah changed his focus. You see, you and I need to learn that. We need to learn some of these lessons. Last slide, I promise. We need to learn some of these lessons from the life of Hezekiah. We need to learn that quality always has to come before quantity in our lives as a Christian. I want you to think about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ lived for 33 years, a very, very short life. But the most important life that ever walked the face of this earth His ministry was only for three and a half years. All that we know about Jesus, some scholars have said, or some 30 or 40 days of His life is all we know about. That's all that's written in the Bible. Yet it was the most influential life that, again, has ever walked the face of the earth. You and I have got to learn as Christians, we've got to focus on quality, not quantity when it comes to everything in our Christianity, when it comes to evangelism, we can get out here and we can say, man, I'm going to convert 100 people this year. And you might baptize 100 people, but if 99 of them never darken the doors of the church building, what have you accomplished? What have you accomplished? You may say, I'm going to say more prayers than anybody else in this building, but Jesus had something to say about that. He says the Pharisees think they'll be heard for their much speaking but he said, that's not what I'm interested in. In fact, in Luke 18, you've got a man that goes out on the street corner and he's got all kind of words. He's filled with quantity. But then you've got that tax collector, that publican. And he just says a few words. Which one's God pleased with? He's not interested in quantity. He's interested in the quality of your life. Learn that from Hezekiah. Hezekiah learned the hardware. You and I don't have to because it's recorded right here for us to learn from. Focus on living your life to the best of your ability no matter how long it is. Again, we don't know how long it's going to be and that is a blessing. That helps keep us focused. Number two, a righteous man's prayers are always answered. Always answered. James 5.16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Don't ever forget that, church. We learned that valuable lesson from Hezekiah. Yes, we read the prayer that he prayed when he was told he was going to die, and God indeed answered that prayer and blessed him with 15 more years. But there's a prayer we didn't read about. The Bible tells us that the Assyrians were pushing down hard on the nation of, of Israel here in Judah. And the Bible says that he sends these messengers, the king of Assyria, and they are, they are really talking bad about God. And they say God's not going to save you and the people need to stop listening to Hezekiah and, and they need to pledge their allegiance to the king of Assyria and, and all of these things. And the Bible says Hezekiah, you can read it sometime, 2 Kings 19 beginning in verse 14. Hezekiah, he took those messages, the Bible says, and he spread them out before the Lord. And he took those burdens that he had, all of those troubles that he had, and he took them to God. God heard him. God answered You see, when Hezekiah was living a quality life, his prayers came up as a sweet-smelling savor to God. And that's what the Bible says about prayers of God's saints. They're like incense. They come up as a sweet savor. God desires that we do that, and God will answer if we are living a quality life. I want you to notice something else that I can learn from Hezekiah. Being faithful. Being a person that is pleasing to God, that only applies to the present. Only applies to the present. Again, that's a lesson we need to learn. Sometimes as as Christians, as, as we get older and older, sometimes we want to focus on all the things we have done. And you see, Hezekiah kind of focused on that, didn't he? He had lived his life. 14 years he had been king when he was told that he was going to die. And he had lived his life, the Bible says, an exemplary life. He had lived his life and his heart was right before God and he just assumed that that was always going to be the case. Even if he was given 15 more years and, he said, you and I need to learn a lesson. Just because you're faithful today, just because the things you are doing for the Lord today, that doesn't mean you're going to always do that. That doesn't mean your heart is not going to change. The lesson is that we've got to stay on guard. We've got to be sober and vigilant, Peter says. We can never think our past is going to to make our future good. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12, Therefore to him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. Just because you've stood in the past don't mean you're going to stand in the future. Church, we've got to understand that. We've got to learn that from Hezekiah. He was one of the greatest men the Bible has ever talked about. But he made a mess toward the end, and his past has no bearing on what he was living at the time he made the mess. Last lesson, your life story lives long after you're gone. Hezekiah's been dead and buried for many, many years, and yet we can open this book before us today, and we can learn valuable lessons from Hezekiah The Bible says, Hebrews 11, verse 4, Abel being dead, he still speaks. I want to ask you something. Are you living a quality life right now that long after you're gone, is still going to be teaching people about how God wants you to live? Is your life going to influence your descendants for generations and generations? If not, we need to make a change. You see, because there's not a person in this assembly, that doesn't want the best for their descendants. We need to learn that lesson. Your life speaks long after you're gone. Hezekiah's life is still speaking today. Yours will too in the future, if time wills. I appreciate your attention this morning. If there's someone here who is not a New Testament Christian, maybe you have been thinking about that and maybe you want to be one this very day. Maybe you've heard the gospel and you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Maybe you're willing to make a change today to repent, confess His name before this audience. And maybe you want to be baptized today, put on Christ, just like the Bible tells us to do, and be a New Testament Christian. Most of you have done that. Maybe there's someone here today, maybe your life has been more focused on quantity. Maybe your life's been more focused on how much we can gain and how much we can do, and, and maybe you've not been focused on the quality that you should have been. Maybe you've learned a valuable lesson from Hezekiah today, from the Word of God. Maybe you want to make a change in your life today. Maybe you want to live the type of life that your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren will be talking about 100 years from now if the world still stands. I don't know what you need. But if anyone in this assembly needs anything today, don't leave here uh, without making that right. Please come while together we stand and sing.